Hello and welcome back. Today I'd like to discuss a particularly troublesome topic. Self-sabotage is one of the most frustrating of my unfavorable behaviors because nothing but myself is to blame. It is counterintuitive but stems from a place of self-preservation and doubt. I find myself undermining my progress through various forms of self-sabotaging behavior that I typically don't even realize I'm doing. For me, it's really easy to do because I am naturally rigid with my schedule. I fall easily into routines, which means that I fall easily into patterns of behavior. Whether or not I like the behavior is irrelevant. It's easy to continue any behavior because it is uncomfortable. Constantly craving stability and predictability makes being comfortable very appealing. In this, it's difficult to change any thought patterns. One of the most uncomfortable but most rewarding habit I've recently created is bringing subconscious thoughts to the forefront. Meaning, I started seeing my behaviors for what they really are making myself uncomfortable by confronting them, and working through the change. For me, I can't just take away a negative behavior. I need something to replace it with. It's hard for me to stop doing something, but incredibly easier for me to get myself to do something. My problem is with moderation, not motivation. By focusing on replacing undesirable thoughts with positive ones, it's given me more direction and made me feel more in control. With this has come the confidence to confront myself, my number one critic, and the only person able to hold me back. I've identified some forms self-sabotaging has taken for me. The first is means of measurement. The way I measure myself, my success, my value are sometimes inherently problematic. These are arbitrary scales that I can shift anytime I want. It's okay to modify or abandon goals altogether when they no longer align with your needs, abilities, or desires. I remind myself that I'm not locked into anything. It takes a lot of pressure off the decision making when I realize that I can always make different ones. Yes, some decisions can have undesirable consequences, but then I can just make other decisions from there and change my situation again. So when I have a goal now, it is constantly under review so that I know I'm putting my effort into healthy, meaningful ventures. As an example, my fitness goals have drastically changed over the past five years. I originally never wanted to touch a weight again because I didn't want to get bigger at all, even with muscle. All I wanted was to make myself smaller. Now I place so much more value on what my body is capable of rather than what it looks like. If I continued to measure my fitness by my original standards, I'd be a horrible failure. As my values shifted more towards longevity and strength, so did my goals, which means I've been able to celebrate my successes. School brings up similar issues. If your goal is to learn, you might not get good grades. If your goal is to get good grades, you might not retain any of the information. Grades only measure your test-taking ability and not the amount of knowledge you have. So depending on if you're knowledge or grade-oriented, that can change where on the sliding scale you place your intelligence. Refusing to allow my goals to evolve is a way I've sabotaged my own growth. I couldn't improve if I didn't first allow how I measured that growth to change. Until I reevaluated my priorities, adjusted my goals, and decided how I would measure my new goals, I doomed myself to feeling like a failure. The next is allowing myself to continue problematic behavior because in order to stop it, I had to admit to myself that I was wrong. Admitting that I have done a disservice to myself is so frustrating because that means admitting to wasted time and effort. The sunk cost fallacy is when an individual continues a behavior because of the resources they have already invested. One example that I've heard that I think is very relatable is if you go out to eat and order too much, you proceed to overeat. Even though you know it's a poor decision, you eat it anyway because you're paying for it and it's already in front of you. I've continued self-destructing behavior and kept toxic people in my life because starting over felt like all that time was wasted. 
However, that time was not wasted because I learned from it, and now that I see it for what it is, the only waste of time would be from the moment of realization forward if I continued without change. When I had to forgive myself for how far I set myself back, I realized how hard it is to apologize to yourself. It's much easier to apologize to other people, which is why I think I tend to apologize even when I'm not at fault. When I wrong other people, I apologize. When I wrong myself, I punish myself. Overeating at that one meal turns into overexercising, and a problematic pattern of behavior is created because I was too stubborn to forgive myself for ordering too much to begin with and fell into the sunk cost fallacy. It's easy to spiral when you see yourself at fault all the time and you make it worse by overcorrecting with rash decisions. You see yourself as all these separate parts categorized by good and bad, but other people see you as the sum of those parts, which makes it much easier to see humanity and forgive. This is easiest to exemplify with physical insecurities. Let's say someone hates their stomach. They always focus on losing that belly fat because they think it's the worst thing about their appearance. Every time they look into the mirror, they look to see how fat or thin their stomach looks. The problem is that the more they look at their stomach with blinders on, the more emphasis they are placing on it. They aren't looking at how it is in relation to the rest of their body. If they see their body as a whole, they might realize that their broad shoulders and wider hips make their waist look small because of their hourglass figure. They might see that their stomach fits in perfectly with the size and shape of the rest of their body, but by isolating and hyperfixating on that one part, they inadvertently place a much larger value on it and see it in a worse state than it really is. The third is a pretty simple one. I create a scapegoat. If the goal itself is unattainable, like an incredibly low weight or next week buying a house that's way out of budget, then I can't blame myself for the failure. Instead of setting realistic goals where if I fail, it's my fault, setting outlandish goals where I'm guaranteed to fail strips away some of the responsibility. Similarly, I'll downplay how much I really want the goal because if I don't succeed, I can tell myself that I didn't really want it anyway. This fear of failure and lack of confidence in my own abilities prevents me from putting in my full effort that could have actually led to success. It's a self-fulfilling prophecies of sorts. Fear of failure, pulling back efforts, failing because of pulling back, fear confirmed. The last is exacerbating a problem until it comes to a head. I'm guilty of finishing the entire bag of pretzels just because I ate two over the serving size. The oh well, might as well mindset is one of the most detrimental because instead of giving myself forgiveness for taking a step off the path, I give myself permission to fully wander away. Stopping in the middle of anything is emotionally jarring, whether it be stopping mid-conversation with someone because you feel yourself getting too angry, or stopping in the middle of overeating. Going from that routine behavior to consciously changed behavior feels almost surreal. But there is never a point of no return. If you ate half the cake instead of one slice, half the cake is better than a whole cake. So no, it's not a might as well situation. The problem doesn't have to be at a level 10 in order for you to feel bad enough to have the change stick. You don't have to be at rock bottom in order to start going back up. I found myself not only leaning into the problem, but always creating them. I allowed myself to start to behaviors to become my personality because they're predictable. I had been that way for so long, and I never felt bad enough to necessitate a change, so I kept pushing them further and further to almost justify how badly I felt. My eating disorder took on different forms at different parts of my life, so it's been a struggle to continuously identify what new behaviors I picked up. The most recent was what led me to this realization about how much I undermine myself. I used to do extra cardio on days where I overate to try to make up for it. Typical day would be slightly overeat, figure I already messed up and might as well enjoy it, then exhaust myself later trying to correct it. 
From there, it turned into me purposely overeating so that I could go exercise again. The extra workouts became so routine that I purposely created the problem so that I could engage in the solution. In doing so, I knew I had a problem I could fix, and fixing problems is very satisfying. It was also a way for me to avoid every other goal that I have. I was too busy fixing my fixable problem to work on anything else that might not be as easy to accomplish. For me, the most effective way to combat these have been to give myself permission to be uncomfortable, to be embarrassed, to change my mind. It might sound silly to consciously give yourself permission, but we don't want to feel these things. Our instincts are to protect ourselves from anything uncomfortable, even if we know it is a means to a good end. Telling yourself that it's okay if you're embarrassed and it's time to make a different decision takes some of the pressure off. Instincts aren't always right. Your knee-jerk reaction is a pattern of behavior, not necessarily demonstrative of who you want to be. These easy choices are the ones that don't feel like emotional challenges, but these emotional challenges mean that you are combating unproductive, unhealthy, or unsatisfying decisions with intellectual thought. For example, if someone says I miss you, your first reaction could be to say that I miss you too. You may not actually miss them, but it's so ingrained in us to say it back that it's uncomfortable not to. You might miss them, but know that saying it back opens the door to a conversation best not had. You might miss them, but have a lot of other tumultuous feelings alongside it. You might miss them, but might not miss them for the right reasons. Self-sabotage can look like saying I miss you back without evaluating if you do miss them and if you should say it back. You aren't obligated to say I miss you to someone if you do and if they said it to you. You aren't obligated to say you miss someone even if you do or if they said it to you. Saying it would be for the other person's benefit and their feelings are not your responsibility. Additionally, increasing your self-esteem by acknowledging that you do deserve to treat yourself better is important. You're allowed to decide that someone is treating you in a way that is beneath you. Be a little internally arrogant. Knowing your value and wanting happiness are not the same things as actively engaging in actions that support, encourage, and allow you to feel valuable and happy. If there is no outside problem preventing happiness and peace, then you are creating the problem within. It's easier to beat life to the punch and create your own steady misery than to be truly happy because you have farther to fall. I've heard a lot of people talking about reparenting themselves by correcting their own behavior and holding themselves accountable. If you saw your best friend, child, or someone you're responsible for engaging in poor behavior or allowing themselves to be mistreated, how would you feel? We feel guilty for being proud of ourselves and putting ourselves first because we don't want to be perceived as egotistical or selfish. Setting boundaries and paying attention to how someone reacts to those boundaries is another and much larger conversation but not having, or even worse, setting them but not upholding them, is a way of sabotaging your own happiness. Appreciating yourself for doing the small things leads to encouragement to do larger things and not giving all the attention to your downfalls. Brushing your teeth is a basic task, but the consequences of not doing it can lead to painful and costly dental care. Small emotional tasks that become daily habits can also prevent larger pitfalls. The more you appreciate yourself, the less likely you are to subconsciously continue self-sabotaging behaviors. Sabotaging ourselves by ignoring our needs for others is a hard one to break because there has to be a line between wanting to help someone we care about and preserving ourselves. Helping someone should never fully deplete you. We feel the need to prove we love someone by doing whatever it takes to make them happy, but we need to do that only to the extent we can maintain our own peace. When you can't preserve your own peace while making someone else happy, that's unbalanced. It's a fear of being called selfish, of being told we didn't try hard enough, or being the one who fell short, 
We want so badly for things to not be our fault. In some cases, that's not accepting responsibility or apologizing. In others, that's refusing to create any kind of disturbance or discomfort for the other person at our own expense. Not to say we shouldn't go out of our way to help other people, just do not compromise the integrity of your health to do it. Feeling uncomfortable or tired is not the same as feeling violated, undervalued, forgotten, or overlooked. If being nice to yourself upsets someone else, they have no business being in your life. Continuing to have a reserved spot for that person is undermining your own progression. Finally, see everything purely for what it is. Stop adding morals to data, creating meaning where there doesn't need to be any. We apply emotion and numbers to routines, knowing what to expect is always comforting, even if you hate it. With every behavior, you have a choice every time. Do you keep it or do you change it?